Well, in case you missed the announcements, because <laughs> you, yeah, that's okay. They were having fun. That's all that matters, right, girls? No? Oh, my. They were carving pumpkins. I feel like it's really empty in the front. This is bothering me. You guys got to scoot up. Come on, girls. Come on. Scoot up. Yeah, good. All right. Am I actually? Yes, I'm actually making you do it. All right. Um, I was going to say something. Oh, the announcements. Um, the announcements were winter camp is open. Yeah. Spots are going to go fast. So sign up. Sign up. We already got a bunch of people signed up already. So do it. Right, Aubrey? Yeah, do it. Sign up. Sign up for winter camp. Um, trunk or treat. I think uh, Maddie already said these, but I'm just going to do them again. Uh, trunk or treat. Uh, they need help at trunk or treat. So there's these cards on your chairs. You can sign up and then leave them in the barrels. Uh, you guys can sign up as a group and like serve together. That would be awesome. And then uh, the last thing that I don't think was in the announcement video. I don't know if I missed anything that was in there. If, you, if I did, I can tell you later. Last thing I don't think was in there, but next week we're starting a new series, and uh, it's called Elephant in the Room. Did you guys hear about this last week? Yeah? Yeah, a little bit, some of you? Uh, next week we're starting a new series called Elephant in the Room, and we're super excited about it. Uh, we're going to be talking about some different topics, uh, controversial topics that are in our culture, topics that divide, and we're going to talk about how we can have a conversation about these topics and how we can love uh, even when there's division. And we can love even when we disagree. So uh, we're going to talk about these different things. Super excited. Take these flyers, little uh, postcard things. You can take some, give them to your friends, invite your friends. Uh, tell them, hey, if you want to know about this thing, come look uh, and see. This, they're not in order, so they just got to come every week and figure out what we're talking about. All right? So um, do that. Uh, and yeah, I think that's all the announcements. Um, oh, I was going to say this. Um, if you have any, how many of you guys, do you, any of you have any brothers or sisters that are in junior high? Okay, a couple of you. All right, if you've got brothers or sisters that come on Tuesday night, uh, you can tell them to stop destroying our pens, all right? Because they're literally destroying our pens. And if you're destroying our pens, I'm going to destroy you, okay? Because <laughs> I don't know how they, like, I think they, like, slam them against the pe- table or, like, just, like, take them apart and then they, like, go like this. And then they like put them, right, like, I don't, I don't understand why this is fun, but apparently it is. You can't write like this. Well, anyway, so we're running like super low on pens, so. You have two? Yeah, because I like opened a new box of pens, because we like had none to fill all the chairs. But anyway, that was kind of a joke, but also kind of serious. I will destroy you, Ethan, if you destroy the pens, all right? All right. Enough nonsense. Uh, This week we're finishing up this series that we've been in, uh, that we've been talking about the call and how God calls us uh, to different things, Uh, how God uh, has purposes and uh, we've called them. Do you remember what we call them here in student ministries? What are they called? We got the bookmarks. What are they called, Megan? House rules, right? House rules. We talk about house rules. We talk about the purposes, right? We use different words for them. And, uh, and this week, we're going to finish out talking about the fifth one. Um, but really quick, let's, let's do a quick recap. What was the first one? Anyone remember? First one we talked about. Jesus is our focus. Good. Let's say it together. Ready? One, two, three. Jesus is our focus. And we talked about worship, right? Emma 
uh, came and talked to us about worship, how we should live a life of worship and why, worship, why we should worship and were made and called to worship. Uh, the second one, anyone remember what the second one was that we, that we talked about? I didn't hear what you said. No one sits alone is the second one on the card. That's not the second one we talked about. Anyone? 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 It was everyone can... Uh, actually, no. The second one was look to learn. Second one was look to learn. I got them mixed up too. Uh, the second one we talked about was look to learn, and we talked about discipleship, right? And talked about how uh, no one graduates from Jesus school, right? How we always should be looking to learning and growing and, and, and uh, growing in our faith. Um, and so look to learn was the second one. The third one, what was the third one? No one sits alone, right? We talked about fellowship, how we need people, how we can't live without people, uh, how it's important to have people in our lives walking with us, and that's why small groups are important. So no one sits alone. And then last week was? Come on, Ethan, you did it. You told, taught us about it. Everyone contributes. Ethan taught us about uh, ministry and serving, and he washed Hunter's feet, and it was awesome, um, and uh, it was great. Uh, if, you ha- if you haven't seen it, go back and watch it, because um, so, it's good, right, Ethan? So you'll learn a lot from it. Um, it was awkward, they said, but, uh, but that's the point, right? I mean, I'm sure when Jesus was washing the disciples' feet, it was pretty awkward, uh, but it was good, and he was serving them anyway, right? So uh, everyone contributes, and then this week, what's the last one? Took you a minute. Bring others with us. And we're talking about the idea of evangelism and uh, how we should bring others with us. All right? So we're going to start out by reading a story tonight. And uh, this story is in Acts chapter 9. So if you've got Bibles or um, something like that, you can open them up. This, it won't be on the outline. It's not on the screen. We're just going to read it and talk about it. Um, so if you've got a Bible, Acts chapter 9. Um, and this story, we're going to look at specifically uh, the, the call that God has for someone to help someone else open their eyes to who Jesus is, right? And so there's this guy. There's this guy uh, named Saul. And you probably, maybe you've heard about him. Maybe you've heard the story of Saul. Maybe you've heard the story before. But Saul, he wasn't a very nice guy, right? If you know anything about Saul... He wasn't nice at all. In fact, the Bible says, literally in Acts 9, you can go read it. It says that he breathed threats and murder. If you're breathing murder, do you think people like you very much? No, right? If you're breathing threats, are people afraid of you? Yeah, probably, right? Like every, breathing threats, like, like you got to breathe often, right? Like I'm, I'm, I've got to breathe often. If I stop breathing, what's going to happen? I'm going to die, right? I'll pass out and then just die. And so if Saul is breathing threats and murder, that means that this is happening often. That like every breath coming out of his mouth is a threat and murder. And so he's not a great guy. He stands by and watches someone who's following Jesus be stoned. And he stands by and watches people get arrested and put in chains and thrown in prison. And he wants to stop this Jesus movement at whatever cost. And so he goes... He goes to the, the council and to the people and he says, hey, listen, I need, I need this piece of paper. I need you to sign this piece of paper that says I can go to this town and I can arrest these Jesus follower people, right? And so he goes to the people and say, I need, I need this piece of paper. So they give it to him. They say, listen, all right, you can go. You can go arrest the people. So Saul takes it and he's walking down the road with his buddies and all of a sudden what happens? If you know the story, what happens? 
Come on, guys. We got to be a little more excited about this story. It's like, boom, a bright light, right? Like, out of nowhere. This bright light shows up out of nowhere. It's this, it's this blinding light. It's so bright that they can't see anything. And the Bible says that they drop to their knees because it's so blinding. And then it's silent. And it's quiet. And all of a sudden, there's a voice that breaks the silence. And he says, Saul, why are you hurting me? Why are you persecuting me? And Saul's on his knees. The people with him, they're on his knees. They can't see anything. They don't know where the voice is coming from. They can't see anybody. And so they, Saul cries out and he says, who, who are you? And he answers, it's me. It's Jesus. I'm the one that you've been persecuting. I'm the one that you've been hurting. And he says, but, but, but I want you to get up. And I want you to go into the city. And then you're going to be told what to do. And so what does he do? He's, he's on his knees. It's this blinding light. Jesus says, I'm the one you've been hurting. I'm the one that you've been telling people is not real. I'm the one that you've been telling people is dead. I'm the one that you have been killing people for. And he says, all right, get up. You know, Jesus could have just like zapped him dead right there, right? Man, but Jesus had a bigger plan. Just get up, go into town, right? So he's, he's blinded. The Bible says that he gets up and, and he opens his eyes, but he can't see anything. It's just black. And so the people with him, they, they take his hand, they guide him into town. And the Bible says that they go into town and pray and they go to someone's house. And then, and then the story picks up and it, and it shifts gears to a different person. And this is where I want us to see tonight what happens. It shifts gears to a guy named Ananias. And in verse 10, it says that Ananias was a disciple. And it says he was in Damascus. And so it says that the Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias. Let's stop right there for a second. I know we got like one word in, but. Let's stop there for a second. Because I think it's important to stop and to see the, how Jesus calls Ananias. He calls him with a name. Guys, we've spent six weeks now talking about this idea that we're called. And this idea that we're called is not just this general calling. It's not just, hey, come over here. It's not just, hey, I, I need you to take out the trash. It's not just, hey, I need you to go do this, this job for me, this task for me. No, it's a personal call. Ananias, he calls him by name. He says, listen, Hunter, I need you. Ethan, I need you, right? Tom Tomas, I need you even. You're a little crazy, but I need you, right? Just kidding. Abby, say, right? Like, I, I need you. He calls you by name. It's a personal call each of you. And, and I think that it's important to stop. It's, it's something small, but we can stop and see that in the way that Jesus called Ananias. And so he says, look, here, here I am, Lord, he replied. In verse 11, he says, look, get, get up and go to the street called Straight. And the Lord sent him to the house of Judas, and, and, and he asked for a, name, a man named Saul, and he's praying there. He said, look, there's, he's seen in a vision that you're going to come and, and you're going to help him. And, and remember, Saul is blind, so he says, listen, you're going to go help him see. You're going to go help him see again. 
And here's where I think we relate to someone like Ananias. Because Ananias, his first response is to say, is to say hold on, Jesus. Wait a second. I've heard about this guy Saul. Don't you know, Jesus, don't you know who this guy is? He breathes threats and murder. Every breath that comes out of his mouth is a threat. Jesus, don't you know who this is? Why would I go to that person? He's threatening and killing people like me. And so he says, don't you know who you're sending me to? But, but who's he talking to? Jesus, who knows Ananias, who knows Saul, who has a plan for Saul. And so many of us are stuck in this. But Jesus, I can't go to that person that's so uncomfortable. I can't go to that person that would hurt my reputation. Jesus, I can't go to that person. It's dangerous. And we miss out on the plan that he has. We're trying to tell our creator that we know better. And so Jesus says, no, I, I need you to go. And so the, the, the story goes on, and we don't have to read it, but, but, but Ananias goes, and he, he, he finally goes to, to see Saul, and, and he sees him there, and he's praying, and he goes over to Saul, and he touches his eyes, and, and heals his eyes, and, and, and helps him see. And the, and the Bible says that something like scales fell off of Saul's eyes. Something like scales fell from his eyes. And if you know the story of Saul, he, he changes his name to what? God changes his name to Paul. Because he finally saw who Jesus was. Scales fell off of his eyes. And his eyes were open to the reality of who Jesus is. His eyes were open to the reality of life. And what Jesus has done for him. And it was because Ananias chose to, to walk into that calling that Jesus had for him that he was able to see. And so God used, Jesus used Ananias to go and heal a guy like Saul. And then, like we said, becomes Paul. And Paul becomes, I love this because it's, it's, it's an incredible pr progression, right? We see Ananias. He goes to Saul, and then Saul becomes Paul, and Paul becomes the greatest evangelist there ever was, right? Paul, if, if it weren't for Paul, guys, we wouldn't have half the New Testament. Half the New Testament is Paul's letters, and they're letters to the churches. And he's telling them, listen, this is what you do to follow Jesus. This is what Jesus is about. And so because of Paul, we know who Jesus is. And so Paul goes and tells people. Paul was, Paul was an incredible like he told people about Jesus no matter what. He was so passionate. If you remember back in our series, we talked about uh, one of the, the main verses we said was when Paul said, listen, I can't help but tell people about Jesus. He says, I would be in pain if I didn't. This was Paul. In fact, there's a, there's a story later in Acts. You can read it later. I think it's like Acts 14 or something where, where Paul, he, he's in this town and all of a sudden, they're, they're, like he's telling people about Jesus and all of a sudden there's this big riot that happens and this big, like the, the crowd comes around and, and people get crazy and people get mad that he's talking about Jesus. And, and so the crowd picks up stones and they start throwing them at Saul. How bad do you think it would get, be to get stoned? Anyone ever been hit by a rock? 
like someone threw a rock at them. This was like that, but constant until you were dead. And so Paul's standing there with this crowd. All he was doing was going to tell them that Jesus is good and he loves them and, and, and all that, like telling them the gospel. And, and, but they pick up stones and they stone him. And the Bible says that, that they stopped because he looked like he was dead. And so the, go back and read it. The Bible says that they, they thought he was dead. So they grabbed him and they dragged him out outside of the town. If, if you look like you're dead, how bad do you have to be hurt? Pretty dang bad, right? Like, that would not feel good. And so Paul, they take him, they drag him out of the town, and the, and the Bible says, the next verse, it says that the disciples gathered around him. And then he says that he gets back up, walks back into town, he takes a night to rest, and, and the Bible literally says the next day, he gets up, and he goes to the next town to tell people about Jesus. That guy. Because Ananias chose to follow God's call. Paul got to tell people about Jesus. He was so passionate that he didn't care what happened to him. He just had to tell people. In fact, in that story, he actually goes back to that town. The Bible says he goes back and tells people again. And so Paul then later tells the Corinthians, this, is, this one's on your outline, and he tells the Corinthians, and, and then he tells them in this letter, and, and we get to read it today, which I think is so cool. Again, it's this progression. Because someone chose to follow the call of bringing others with us. So in 2 Corinthians, it says this. All these new things are from God. So he says, listen, you, you've been made new. All these new things are from God who, brought, uh, who brought, him, brought us back to himself through what Christ Jesus did. And God has given us the what? What does that word say? What, what does that word say? Come on, I know you can better that. What, the God has given us the what? The privilege. God has given us the privilege. Circle that word. God has given us the privilege of urging everyone to come into his favor and be reconciled to him. For God was in Christ, restoring the world to himself, no longer counting men's sin, sins against them, but blotting them out. This is the wonderful message he has given us to tell others. He says, we are Christ's, what's that word? Ambassadors. Circle that word. Guys, he says, listen, we've been given the privilege the privilege to tell people about Jesus. A lot of us in here, we hear, we hear messages on, on evangelism. We hear us talk about going and telling people about Jesus. We hear us talking about telling people about our faith and our story. And we hear this and we think, well, well that's good. And I, and I, I know that I'm, I'm supposed to do that, but, but that's just something that I have to do. We just read it. It's not something we have to do. It's something we get to do. A privilege is something that we get to do. Telling people about Jesus is a privilege. And I think that we need to start seeing it that way. We need to start seeing that evangelism is a privilege that we get to do. And that we are ambassadors. Ambassadors just means to represent Jesus. And represent who he is and what he's about. And so we are called to tell the story. That's, that's your first filling. We are called to tell the story. We are called to tell the story. Now, if you were here, uh, how many of you guys remember the series that we did a month ago? I kind of mentioned it uh, earlier. Anyone remember what, what, what it was? What was it called? 
What was it, Kate? And she, who you bring in, right? And you guys remember now? Who you bring in? Yeah. No. I'm glad you don't, because then we're going to talk about it again. So, uh, who, we talk, who you bring in was the series that we uh, that we did, and we we walked through a book. Um, the book was called "Turning Gospel Conversations into Turning Everyday Conversations into Gospel Conversations." We still have like two of them, if you want one. And in this book was the three circles thing. You guys see it on your outline, yeah? Uh, that we went over. That we spent a whole message, a whole night, actually just walking through this specifically, right? So if you, if you want to go in detail through this, go back and watch that or read the book. The book's like $5 on Amazon. You can get it. It's great. It's worth it, I promise. But this is a tool that we can use to tell people about Jesus. And so we're going to quickly walk through this. I'm just going to like fly by it, walk through really quick so we can fill it in. And then you guys, I, I want you to take this, not just take this and, and look at it and, and then throw away this piece of paper, but I want you to take this and actually practice this. Actually practice this because this, will, this is a tool that will help you tell people the story, the story of the gospel. So the first circle, can anyone tell me what the first circle was? Oh, now you know. What does it say? God's design, right? God's design was in the first circle. This is, it, this is what God has, how God has designed us to live, right? It's, it's the design that God has created. The way that God has created us to live. We see God's design in, uh, in nature, in sunrise, the sunset. We're like, oh my gosh, it's so pretty, right? Like, we take pictures and we post them on Instagram and it looks nothing like the actual thing, right? Like, we, this is God's design. We see this in people and the way people live. Like, we, we, we see this in the good things uh, that, that God has created, right? And so this is God's design. But the next arrow, uh, can anyone tell me what's, oh, you go, you're too quick, too quick for me. That's all right. Sin is on top of that arrow. You can write that on top of the arrow. Sin is anything that goes against God's design. Sin is anything that goes the opposite direction of what God has designed us to live. And the Bible says that we have all fallen short of the glory of God, right? The Bible says we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So all of us have gone against God's design. And then the second circle, anyone remember what's in the second one? Ooh, that's okay. The second one is because we have all fallen short, the second one is we are all broken. There you go. Thanks for waiting. We are all broken. Brokenness is that, is that second circle. Because we all sin, we are all broken. We're broken people who have fallen short of God's design. And then these little squiggly lines that are right here, this is us trying to fix it ourselves, right? When something's broken, what do we want to do? We want to fix it, right? We want to do everything we can to fix it. And so this is us trying to do everything we can to fix it. But the reality is that every time we try to fix it on our own, we only get further and further away from God's design. And so we can't do it on our own. We need this third circle. What's in the third circle? It's, well, Jesus, yes, but gospel. Gospel is the third circle. Gospel. It's the gospel. It's Jesus. It's what Jesus has done for us. It's that Jesus came, that he died for us. He lived a perfect life. He took on our sins so that we could be made right with God, and then he raised from the dead and defeated death. That's the gospel. And so on this line, because we're broken people, what we need to do is repent and believe. Repent and believe. You can write that in on that line, on that, uh, the other arrow. Repent and believe. Repent just means turn. Turn from our sin. Turn from our brokenness. Turn from trying to do it on our own and follow him. Believe in the gospel. Believe in what he's done for us. And then this last arrow, this last arrow is recover and pursue. We recover and we pursue God's design for our lives. Recover and pursue. 
And so this is the story that we're called to tell. This is the story that, that, that God has called us to tell people. If you've chosen to follow Jesus, this is what God gives you as a privilege to tell people. And so use this tool, guys. I don't just walk through this thing just because it's like fun. I mean, it is kind of fun, but, but I walk through it because it's an important tool that you guys can go home and practice. Practice with your small group and practice together with someone who, who you trust and you're comfortable with so that when you come and, you, and someone asks questions, you can say, you can feel comfortable walking through this. And do this. I promise you, it'll help you. It's a helpful and useful tool. So we're called to tell the story. Then the second one is you're called to tell your story. You're called to tell your story. How many of you guys uh, watch lots of TV shows? Anyone, anyone binge watching any TV shows right now? What TV shows are you watching? Huh? SEAL Team? Nice. What, what's another TV show that you're watching? Guys, you just raised your hand. You got to tell me. What? That's not a, no. That's not what I'm talking about. The Office. Thank you. Gosh, what else? Stranger Things, Grey's Anatomy, right? Like all these, it took forever. Friends, right? We watch all these TV shows. Listen, listen, listen. We watch all these TV shows because why? We we love the story, right? We, We love watching the story. We get involved in people's lives, right? Like, we love to get involved with Jim and Pam, right? Like we, we, like we, that's the reason we watch The Office, right? Like because it's like their relationship. That, that's why we watch The Office. Or we watch it because Michael's really awkward, right? Like you see what I'm Like the, we get involved in the story and in people's lives. People want to hear from people and people's hearts. This is why advertisements, right? This is why advertisements have people, like famous people on them, right? Like why like Jennifer Aniston's on like a million different like, makeup commercials or hair or whatever because she knows how to do that apparently or whatever she's like 60 years old and looks like she's 20 right like she's got to be old that's still old all right so the point is or 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 how about Matthew McConaughey and those like weird like car commercials right where it's like really dark and he's like talking like really low like this and then he's just he's just saying nonsense like saying things that just make Literally no sense, but people love it and they want to buy Lincolns because it's Matthew McConaughey and apparently he's attractive, right? But like, this is why advertisements do this. Because they see the story. Listen, they see a person behind the object, right? Guys, this is is what we're called to do. We're called to tell the story, but we're called to tell, tell our story through the story. Man, you each have a story. If you've chosen to follow Jesus, you have a story. And, and, and listen, you, you don't need a platform to be able to tell that story. There's a lot of people, man, if you would love to come share your story, man, let me know. I'd love to give you that opportunity to share your story. But, and there's people that have done that. But you don't need a stage or, or a video camera or things like that to have a story. You have a story, and you're called to share that with people. You're called to say, hey, hey, I, I know you're struggling with with." anxiety, and you know, I, I, I've struggled with that before. Can, can I tell you what God did in my life through that? Man, you have a story. And so, and so think about, man, why do you follow Jesus? Why do you come to church? Why do you go to small groups? 
Don't feel guilty for like not knowing the answer to that question. That's okay. I used to hear people say that when I was like, you guys, like I used to hear that and I used to think, man, I can't really answer that like right on the spot. That's okay. Don't feel guilty. Don't feel like you're a bad person or a bad Christian. But take that and go do some thinking. Don't take that and stop there because you're terrible. You're not a terrible person. Take that and think about, and why? Why do I follow Jesus? What's my story? There's a, we have these resources in the back that we'd love to give you guys. It's called The Second Greatest Story Ever Told. The second greatest story ever told is your story. The first is what? Jesus' story, the gospel, right? The first is, is, is the gospel, and the second is your story. And so take these things. We've got, there, there's just questions in here and things that'll help you understand how to write your story, and you'll be able to write it out and figure out, man, what God has done in your life and how you can help people see Jesus through your story. You have a story, and you're called to share it, all right? So you're called to tell the story, and you're called to tell your story. Now, really quick, there's four things. Four things that we actually talked about that Ethan actually gave us at the end of last, the last series we did. And, and I just stole them from Ethan uh, because they were great. And Ethan's really smart, smarter than me. Okay, so there was four things that he, uh, that he gave us that, that we're just going to go through really quick. Okay, because I'm running out of time. And I want you to take these four things and figure out how you guys as a group can live these things out and how you can live out this calling of evangelism. Okay, so this first one. First one is find your one. Find your one. Because I know that as soon as we start talking about evangelism, as soon as we talk, start talking about bringing others with us, you've got someone in your head. I know that you're thinking of someone. And a lot of you can pass it off like, no, I don't really know anybody. But I know that there's someone that you know, whether it's a friend, a family member, someone on your sports team, someone at school, there's someone that you know that needs to know Jesus, that you have an opportunity to tell, the privilege to tell about Jesus. And so find that one person. It doesn't have, you, like guys, you don't have to go and share to like 3,000 people, okay? Like find, find your one, just start with one. Write that person's name down. Tell your group tonight, hey, I chose that I'm gonna share this, per, to this for this person. And tell them, hold me accountable to that. Ask me next week, how did it go? This is why we do small groups, to hold each other accountable. So find your one is the first one. The second one is start with prayer. Start with prayer. Guys, it's important. This is a, a, an important place to start because we can't do this on our own. We need God's help. We can't do the work of changing someone's heart. And so we need God's help. If I'm going to go learn to play baseball, who do I need to ask? If I know nothing about baseball and I want to go learn to play and I want to be, learn to be really good, I'm probably not going to be very good because I'm terrible and I suck and I'm not, right? But, but if I want to go learn how to be good, what am I going to do? Go f- find a coach, right? Someone to help me, someone to coach me and help me figure out, like, like I got to figure out someone to show me the basics and figure out how to do this, right? I need help. I can't do it on my own. We can't do this on our own either. We need the help of Jesus. So it's, it's, it's praying and asking God, hey, God, can you help me? Give me the courage. And God, would, would, you, would you work in this person's heart? Praying for help for us and, and, and praying that God would meet them where they're at. Second Timothy, or First Timothy says this. He says, here are my directions. Pray much for others. Plead for God's mercy upon them. Give thanks, I love this, for all that he is going to do for them. 
It's being, being, having faith that God will work. Not, that, not if he does, but when he does. That he will work in their life and he will change their life. That's the second one to start with prayer. Third one is be available. Be available. Man, this is being open and, and, and ready to tell people. Right? Ananias, he had to be available to tell some, to go and to tell Saul. To go and help Saul open his eyes to who Jesus was. Ananias had to be available to what Jesus was calling him to do. That's what we're called to do too. First Peter. First Peter says this, You must worship Christ as Lord of your life. And if someone asks you about your hope as a believer, it says always be ready to explain it. But do this in a gentle and respectful way. You know, I used to hear, hear this verse and I used to get really scared. I used to get like nervous because I thought like, like I thought that this was saying like, I have to know every answer. I have to know exactly what to say. If they do this, then I got to know what I'm going to say here. If I, like if they, if they say this, then I got to have this answer. If they say that, then I got to have, like this is not what it's talking about. When it says be ready to explain it, it doesn't mean have every answer and everything perfectly laid out. It's saying, he's saying be available, be open and ready to just listen, to have a conversation. Be available to share your story. It's not having every single answer, but just being available to speak what God wants to speak through you. And the Bible says that he will help you speak when the the time comes. So be available. The fourth one, we already talked about it, so we won't go into detail, but share your story. Share your story. Guys, you have a story, and you're called to share it. So ask yourself, why do you follow Jesus? Take these things and figure out, man, what's my story? So how how can your group do these four things together? Guys, the last thing that I want is is for us to to walk away from this series, the six weeks that we've spent. Guys, I don't spend time up here to just like be a talking head. I don't spend time up here to like just be like, to just talk at you. Like I spend time up here because I believe that these are things God has called you to do. And I believe that when you choose to live these things out, it'll change your life. That when you choose to walk in these five things, man, that you'll find so much freedom because this is where God, this is what God has created you. This is how God has created you to live. This is what he's made you for. And so choose to live this out. Don't just walk away and say, okay, that was great. I'm, I'm glad that you can do that. Man, walk away. Figuring out, how can I do that? How can I live this out? Let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much uh, for tonight. God, thank you for um, just the story of Ananias and how we can see how when he chose to follow your call, how it changed the world. Jesus, I I pray that we would look at that and that we would see that, man, you have called us to do the same. Would you give us the courage and the boldness to do that? Help us to know that, that we are called to share the story, to share your story, what you have done. And you've called us to share our story, the story that you have written in our lives. Help us to think about how we can live these things out. Help us to walk away 
practicing these things so that we may find freedom in the way that you've called us to live. Jesus, we love you and we praise you in all these things. Amen.